Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Amen. In, my, in the previous teaching, we, we've been having some great times in the truth of God's word. And we read, I read from 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I actually spoke about, I said five words. If you remember, I spoke about five words. And then I want to recap from there briefly so we can move on. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14, it says that of these, put them, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. So words of strife, and what is the impact of words of strife? The, the, it's to the sub, but to the subverting of the hearers. So west of strife, strife which Satan is behind subverts hearers. So west of strife. Then verse sixteen says that Bashan profane and vain babblings for the increase unto ungodliness. So profane and vain, empty, useless babblings, chatter. They increase more on more and more unto ungodliness. So the second type of words is profane or a profane and vain or useless or empty chatter or babblings. They what's the impact? They increase unto ungodliness. And the third type of words is their words will eat as doth canker. That's King James, which in the NIV we saw that it says they will eat like gangrene. So these words spread. So cancer spreads if one particular area of the body is diseased and is not is is cancerous or gangrenous and is not tackled immediately. It begins to spread to the whole body. And guess what the impact is? The body dies. It's the spreading of, of malicious or malignant uh, uh, me, 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 melanoma that in fact affected the entire body. So it spreads gangrene. So these words must be tackled, tackled immediately. Other than that, they spread. And when they spread, what the Bible says that the impact is, the impact of... Um, where that spread like gangrene is, is in verse 18, they overthrow the faith of some. So it's faith overthrowing words. They spread like gangrene. And then the final one I spoke about, the, the last one, the negative words that we should watch out for is verse 23, which are foolish and unlearned questions. He said, avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Why? Knowing that they gender strife, they bring contentions and unnecessary strife, tension amongst uh, within the church so we have to avoid that so uh, we have the um the uh, strife uh, worse of strife then the worse the verse 16 the profane and verse, verse 16 is the profane and vain babbling so words that are profane that communicate profane and vain babbling and then verse 17 where's that spread like gangrene and then verse 23 where's of uh, arguments of fo uh, foolish and unlearned or reasonable arguments it says that all these ways satan verse 26 that satan is behind it and taking people captive and so then uh, the, how to, how do you counteract this you counteract it it says the verse 25 says that in meekness 
instructing those who oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them, so you have to instruct, right? In meekness, we instruct. So the word of truth instructs those who oppose themselves. Just uh, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So this instruction ends up bringing acknowledgement of the truth. If you remember Titus chapter 1 verse 1, Paul, a, a servant, a born servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and to the acknowledging of the truth that accords with godliness. So for the to the acknowledgement of the truth. Here it says that that peradventure, if God will grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. See, acknowledging. So acknowledging, recognizing the truth, though that this is truth, is so important. And that is what God uses to rescue people. So a preacher and a Christian must Truth must be found in our mouth. In verse 15, he said, Steady to show yourself approved unto God. All right, that word steady is not about like researching. NIV uses the word be, be diligent. I think New King James uses uses be diligent. New King James also uses, New King James also says that be diligent to present yourself approved unto God. So it takes a certain level of seriousness and effort. To present yourself approved unto God, a workman that is not a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So is the word of truth we are talking about. And the word of truth, watch this. What do you do with the word of truth? It must be rightly divided. It must be up accurately handled so rightly dividing the word of truth is like divide unfold it must be unfold carefully and skillfully or properly so it's easy to be to have the word of truth and wrongly divide it and the wrongful dividing of the word of truth is what creates the ground for the enemy to attack within the church and once the church is weak the church won't be able to impact have a, a positive impact on society and on community on people and be, be the church that god has meant the church to be and so in first timothy chapter 3 i like that text first timothy chapter 3 verse 15 he says that but if i tarry long that thou mayest mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself where in the house of God. And what did he say about the house of God? In the house of God, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. So the house of God is the church. He said, you must, uh, I'm writing this so that if I tarry, you will know how you should behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. And what did he say again about the church of the living God? He said, this church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of the truth. This is so important. Hallelujah. He said, the church of the living God is the pillar. Pillar supports a structure. He didn't say the church is the truth, but the church is the pillar, the bull rock, bull rock, the bastion of the truth. That is what holds the truth. The church is there to uphold the truth. Hallelujah. And Bible says that it's not just the bastion of the truth, but it's the ground. The church is the pillar so that you know how to preach yourself or handle yourself behave yourself in the house of god which is the church of the living god the pillar and the ground of the truth the, without the church there's no platform for the truth of god's word or for the truth of god to prevail amongst humanity or within humanity there's no grounds there is no grounds so if 
you want to attack the word of God from having impact on a society, get to the church and silence the church. The, the, the issue here is, brothers and sisters, Satan is not afraid of our services. He's afraid of the word of God we know and we practice. The word of God we know and practice and preach. It's important. Satan, in fact, they, several times they came to try and listen to Jesus to catch him in his ways. They, their problem with Jesus was not too much to do with his works and his miracles. But their problem was with his words. In fact, in John chapter 6, he gave them bread and they wanted to make him king. And he left them and they looked for him from verse 25 downwards. When he found them, he said, I know you are coming because you ate and bread. But this bread you eat uh, will pass away. I give you the bread. Your fathers ate bread. Our fathers ate bread in the, in the wilderness, manna in the wilderness, and they died. But he said, your fathers ate. But then the bread that God gives, verse 32, 33, the bread that God gives, anyone who eats that bread lives forever. And he started from there, he started to teach them how they should believe in him. And believing in him means they are receiving the bread that God is giving from above. He equates himself to bread. He said, I am the bread of life. Verse 35 and verse 51 also. I am the bread of life. He said, I'm the bread that came from heaven. And he said, unless you eat me. And Bible says that after he said these things, they said in the verse 60, 60 downwards, they said, this is 61 also. This is a hard saying. Who can accept this? Their problem was with the message. This is a hard saying. Bible says that. And from that day forward, many of his disciples left him and didn't follow him again. Why? It wasn't the good things he was doing, but it was the message. And Jesus says that if you do not believe me for my words, believe me for my works. So the works come to endorse the message. It's not the other way around. So the word, So if we marginalize the message of the church and focus more on works for people to see how good we are, how caring we are, how we are feeding the hungry, we are clothing the naked, we are, those things are all good, but they are useless in the absence of our message. So we send all these things and our, when people see us, they shouldn't only identify us by good works, they must also identify the church by the message of the church. How do you know a church is a proper church? A church is a true church. Don't be moved by the music. Don't be moved by the settings. Don't be moved by how long it has been around. Don't be moved by the, the authority and the influence it seems to have in society or the respect it has in society. Those things are not the measuring stick or the measuring standard of the quality of a church or authenticity of a church or the, the health of a church. It is the message that accords with godliness or the words of Christ that is strong and it's, it is prevalent in the church and in, is, is the governing factor of everything they do. You come close to them, they'll be nice to you, but you, I bet you you hear a word from God or you hear the word of God from them. Everything about them is the Picking the word of God, the, which is the word of truth. And so the word of truth, it's what gives, thank you, Holy Spirit. The word of truth is what gives the church its relevance and value.
is what keeps the church solid and strong. That is another way. I've, I think in, throughout these teachings, I've been given different um, terminologies to signify or to reflect or represent the word of truth. So the word of truth is the same as the word, as the wholesome words. Is the same as healthy words. Is the same as uh, um, um, sound doctrine. All right. Most places in the Bible or in the New King James and King James is translated sound doctrine. So word of truth, wholesome words, healthy words, sound doctrines, the words of Christ is also called the words of Christ. It's First Timothy chapter chapter six here, verse three. Chapter six, verse three says, "If any man teach." Otherwise, now, how do we, what is the medium through which we communicate the word of God? Teaching. Teaching is an, the aspect, preaching and teaching, all right? Preaching and teaching is the, the main medium through which the word of God is communicated. As I, I said the other time, according to Titus chapter 1, verse, uh, uh, verse, in, verse 2 and 3, okay, verse, verse 3 quickly says that, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching. So the word of God is manifested through preaching. That's why Jesus was always preaching and teaching. It creates the room for God's word to be manifested. I think Paul even puts it, um, in Romans chapter 6, verse 25, he says that, that God establishing you according to my gospel. So most that's why he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the message of the cross, is the message of Christianity. So the gospel is not just come and receive Christ and be saved. The gospel is everything the, the church has to say. Everything the church has to say about God and about the church and about our message is it's called the gospel. The message of the church is called the gospel. So when you get born again, even in church, what I'm doing is I'm actually sharing the gospel. And so in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it said, For all mongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men, men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Watch this, sound doctrine, verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. I love that. The glorious gospel of the blessed God is also, so sound doctrine must accord with the glorious gospel of the blessed God. If any anyone teaches other, chapter 6, verse 3, if any man teaches otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it is the, glo the glorious gospel of the blessed God. It is also the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is also the word of truth. It is also wholesome words. It is also sound doctrine. Come on. So all these mean the same thing. And that is what the, that is what defines the purity of a church. Now, if these things are missing in the church or if the word of truth is not taught constantly or taught or is not the main factor of a church, with time, the church begins to enter into degradation or the church begins to degrade. So churches that lose their fervency, it is not because the leaders were bad, but it's because the word of God, the word of truth was not given central place and other things. And it's easy. It's easy. My brothers and sisters, Christian brothers and sisters, it's easy for other things to, to gain credibility or gain central place or prominence or importance in the church within believers outside the word. It's very easy. And this is how it goes. It's, oh, we still believe in the word of God, but you know, that is just the word. Let's talk about this. So sometimes it can be music. Sometimes it can be style. Style. Our style. And even sometimes the style 
of preaching, the man of God, you know, the, usually there's a kind of aura that comes with men of God, modern day men of God. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. The, so, so sometimes their focus is so much on the man of God's style, the man of God hooping and howling, uh, <laughs> or antics and, and st- present, style of presentation. And so some of those things can sometimes over... I'm not saying any of this is wrong. Music is not wrong. We need music. You can't have good fellowship without... Uh, uh, um, music come to enhance our good fellowship. It, it, it plays a role anyway. It plays a role in worship. It plays a role in fellowship, Christian fellowship. Now, but all those things uh, are, are, are style... Our music, our setting, our, our, our way of doing things can take precedence and can dwarf or stifle or eclipse the place, the position of God's word. And it's very easy to happen. In, in, with, with, in genuineness, people are genuine. People don't have to be malicious or evil. or No, but Satan takes advantage. You see, when the word of truth is not highly upheld, in a church, among believers, in a congregation, or in a uh, wherever believers gather, if the, the the truth of God's word is not the cardinal, the, the central uh, 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 center of attraction, or the, the central principle in our gatherings, in our activities, Satan then finds a footstool easily. When the word of God is coming, Satan can stand. So. Many people who don't like church, the church of God, it's not because they don't like the people, because somebody, a, a family member can get born again, and suddenly he becomes an object of hatred within the family because he's now a Christian. And he says he's a Christian, not because he's, he, be, he has become a bad person, but when people don't like Christian and don't like the church, it is the message of the church that is actually, is offensive in its nature, offensive to the fallen heart. Apart from those that are responding to God. So Bible says that the message we preach, it's to those who are perishing, to those who are perishing is foolishness, but to those who are say, it's the power of God. The same message. The same message. But so the message saves, the message preserves the word of truth. All the negative things I spoke about, negative different words, what different words can do in the church, like the the uh, gangrenous words or gang. Cancer spreading words, the words of strife, the um, uh, vain babblings, words of vain babblings, all those things, they are impact, the negative impacts, God, increasing godlessness, uh, subverting the fate of people, ruining hearers, and creating strife. All this which Satan uses the, the negative words, patterns of words in the church to bring, they can be dealt with by, by the word of truth. The word of truth takes care of a lot of things. Satan may have nuances or different means and apparatus or systems through which he attacks the church, but the, the church can defend itself through one means, which is the word. The word. Even the quality of our prayers has to do with the word understanding of the one praying the prayer. So when I talk about word understanding, I'm talking about how well a person knows God through his word. 
how well a person knows God through the word of God. That is what determines the strength and the quality of uh, your prayers. And so even for your prayers to work, you must, it, must, it must have a working word. word, the word it takes the word to make prayer work. It takes the word contents to make prayer work. So it's very, very important. There, so as I said, all these things, the word of God can deal with it. So the word of God brings illumination. I've mentioned the other time, for the four eyes of the word. So I, I for India, I for indigo. So one, is, it brings illumination. For, so darkness is dispelled. The word two, the word brings inoculation. So satanic onslaught, satanic infiltration is curtailed. The, number three, the word brings uh, uh, incarceration. Satan's operations within us, as he has already known, that's the death. That gangrenous thing. What deals swallows the death up. Swallowing the death means you paralyze the devil. You render him impotent, incarcerating, or uh, uh, in, in, in rendering him incapable. Right. So the word makes incapable. The words bring inoculation. The word brings illumination. And then finally, the word brings instructions for inclusion. Without being clearly instructed by the word, you cannot be included amongst God's people. It takes instructions through the word by the word bible says as we read earlier on that you instruct them so that by chance if god will grant them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth and so the word of truth is important and now as i said the word must be taught because the, what the church has got to give the world is the truth of god's word is the truth is the truth is the church is the pillar of the truth is the grounds of the truth we are the pillar of the truth we are the ground and so the, within us, we must, our, our gatherings must be, uh, ma, 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 we must gather around the truth, the doctrine. So he calls it doctrine. Now watch this. In First Timothy chapter 4, this is very interesting. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, he says that, now the Spirit, the Spirit expressly or speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith and give giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Did you see doctrines of devils? Teachings of devils. So Satan and demons also bring teachings. And it says some will give heed to that. Deceiving spirits and teachings of devils. You won't see Satan looking strange coming to stand. But there are certain teachings that are not in accordance with godliness. They are teachings of devils. Satan hide behind it and can use it. Now look at um, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse, from verse 3, from verse 2 particularly. He says that, preach, verse 1, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebu rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. Kai, preach. He's talking to this. Is, he's talking to a pastor. He said, "Preach the word." He's talking about the word of truth. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Pastor, re re reprove, rebuke, and uh, exalt with all long suffering. That be ready to suffer long. Why did he say uh, long suffering and doctrine? So stay on doctrine and. And be ready for long to suffer long. Stay on doctrine. Why? He said, verse 3 he said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Because people will not endure sound doctrine, you, the pastor, must be ready to suffer longer. 
because they may fight you. The people will say all kinds of things against the one who stands on the word of God, especially when people's hearts are not with God. It's not everybody who speaks against the word of God. And please listen to what I didn't say. I'm not supposing that when people speak against you, that means you are speaking the word of God. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that if you, if you stay true to the word of God, you have opposition. Even from amongst us, within the church. It is some people who may, may some, there are people in church who are not Christians anyway. They're not Christians. Being in a church doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. But when you're a Christian, you go to church. That's the other way. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian, but when you're a Christian, you go to church. So stop making noise and disturbing us. You go to church. I've been in church for before you were born. I've been in church for a long time, and I know all the stories about you. It doesn't make you a Christian. So being in church doesn't make a person a Christian. But sometimes people, even who are already Christian, because they, they have lost their bearing in God, they find it easy to attack other believers who particularly are staying sound in God's word. It's very important. When the, some of the challenges that happened in the early church, against the early church, was from within. Different doctrines and different teachings and different philosophies were beginning to invade the church. And up to now, it's Satan's hotspot. It's Satan's favorite thing to use to invade the church. Now watch this. He says that for the time is coming, the, the time is coming when, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers. So what are these teachers teaching? They are teaching things that people want to hear. Teaching the things that, oh, ha, oh, people want to hear that. And they say, oh, yeah, I like this man. I like the way he talks. I, like, I really sometimes, I don't even want unbelievers to say, oh, this man, I like his preaching. I like his preaching on a constant. I, I was always want to hear. If you keep hearing me, something must happen to you. If you, I should be sound in God's word to the extent that if you keep hearing me, something godly will hit you and you begin to change, you be, to affect you. Because Bible says that the word of God is incorruptible. Once it hits your system, it says, my word, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It brings life. It will not return to me void. So I believe that if people constantly, anyone who exposes themselves to the word of God and the true word of God, the word of God that the word that accords with godliness, the wholesome words, wholesome words affect people wholesomely. Wholesome words affect people wholesomely. He says that they will not endure sound doctrine. He said, but they will hit teachers. They will hit their, They have their own type of teachers who may be popular, may be fame. I'm not saying be popular means you're a bad teacher. That, that's not what I'm saying. But when people, the fact that people like everything you are saying does not mean you are saying the right thing. That's how I put it the other time, that sound, sounding arguments are, may not necessarily be sound. So the fact that something is sound sounding does not mean it is sound. So it says that, and, and they would turn their ears away from the truth. Can you imagine? They have got teachers, but they have turned their ears away from the truth. Teachers. So what are these teachers? What would these teachers be teaching? Before I go on to that, the things that are taught is what weakens the church. Now watch this. He, Titus chapter 1 verse, verse 9. Holding, holding, holding fast the faithful ways as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. 
Very important. So it takes sound doctrine to be able to have an impact on people in a positive way to, to the glory of God. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially of the circumcision, whose mouth must be stopped. How do you stop their mouth? Not by fighting them, but by giving yourself or holding fast to faithful words, words which you have been taught and uh, uh, that you may be able to, by sound doctrine, exhort and convince gainsayers. It takes sound doctrine to stop the mouth of these gainsayers, to stop the mouth of people, pick, pick the kind of teachings, teachings that are invading the church. Now watch this. What weakens a church is, what strengthens or weakens a church is the teaching. So what kind of teaching operates or is, is not the pastor's personality. Please, 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 please. The pastor's personality is a vain thing to build a church around. <laughs> no, no. May God help us all. Pastors usually may have wonderful personalities and as part of the anointing. But it is not healthy to build a church or assist a Christian system around a, the personality of a person, of a man. No, we must build it around the word of God and around Christ, his person and his works. That is what the church must be built around. And any church that is built not around personality, but around Christ and his teachings and the wholesome words tend to last. It can stand any onslaught of hell. See, Satan can, the Bible says that I'll build my church. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm getting too animated. I will build my church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I will build my church. Upon this rock will I build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Gate. Demons and the work of the devil is not the problem. It is when he fights from within. When he enters us and pollutes our teaching. Churches die. Not because people don't attend Churches die because of teachings. One of the three things that normally kill a church. Wrong teachings when sin is accommodated and compromising. All right. So maybe it's not the teaching may not be wrong, but there are compromises all around. Compromising, whatever. So compromises. Sin. When sin is comfortable in the church and sin comes to the church, the church is on its way dying. And according to Revelation chapter 3 verse from verse 1, it said, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. You are dead. Even though you have a name that you are alive, you are lively, but you are dead. You are dead. Sin kills the church. Compromising kills the church. And, uh, and guess what? Wrong doctrine. Now, sin and compromising are all functions of the type of teaching or lack of sound teaching or lack of healthy teaching or lack of wholesome ways. So when wholesome ways lack, then, or when the teachings are not, the, the words in the teaching are not central to the words of Christ and according to the glorious gospel of uh, the blessed God and accord in, that accords with godliness, it's or uh, that in, according to the acknowledgement of godliness, when that is getting missing or getting eclipsed or getting eroded, then the church is on its way getting ready to die. How gangrene is going to spread very easily in the church. And so, right from the beginning, the instruction to keep church going has always hinged or be based, has always been based or has always been hinged 
on the teachings in a church. The teachings in a church. It takes teachings to keep people healthy. When I talk about teaching, I'm not, as I said the other time, I'm not talking about communicating of facts. I'm talking about wholesome words that feeds people because Satan can teach, but he can't feed. So if the teaching is wholesome words, they don't only bring illumination, but they also bring feeding. They feed the spirit of man. They feed the spirit of the hearers. They feed. It's so important. So we must give ourselves to teachings that feed. In Revelation chapter 2, Bible spoke about the church, in fact, the churches that I mentioned, church of Ephesus, they have lost their first love. And then church of Smyrna comes in, and church of Smyrna is a good church, the suffering church. They were persecuted, but they were faithful. Then right after, because of the challenges, then we have the church of Pergamos. Church of Pergamos, because of challenges, now begins to become worldly. Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, it, it talks about, but I have a few things against you. You have some that hold the teaching of Balaam. The teaching of Balaam, who taught uh, the, 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 the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to put stumbling block before the sons of Israel so they can they might eat food sacrificed to idols and commit sexual immoralities. The teaching. It was the teaching that was producing the kind of sexual morality in the church. Is the teaching. Is the teaching. That sin that is growing in the church. The teaching. The teaching. The teaching. The teaching. And then not just that. Then it says, verse 15, talk about the teachings. You have accepted the teachings of the Nicolaitans. So first teaching, the teachings of Balaam. Second teaching, the teachings of the Nicolaitans. Third teaching in verse 20. But I have this against you. That is talking about down the church of Titeria. I have this against you, against you that you tolerate, you see, compromising on the gospel, compromising on the truth leads to tolerating what is not everything that should be tolerable or tolerated by the, the church. It's not everything, especially when it comes to teaching. We can't include everything. Now, tolerated Jezebel. He said, for you tolerated, uh, you have tolerated that woman Jezebel. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. You have tolerated that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servant to practice sexual immorality. Some things can happen. Certain types of sins cannot easily happen in the church in uh, while certain teachings or, or let me put it, certain kind of sins can't happen in the absence of in the absence of certain teachings. Most of the degradation of church issues have to do with teachings. Teachings. The church remains strong if the teaching remains wholesome. The church remains strong if the doctrines remain sound. The, the quality of a pastor has everything to do with the kind of teaching. Not, the, not, not watch this. Not the, I'm not against. I believe in miracles. I pray and, and for as, as we, I speak, somebody's receiving a miracle now. Uh, somebody's receiving a miracle. By the time this message is finished, within an hour, somebody's receiving a miracle. But, but the quality of a pastor or a man of God has not got to, it's not hinged on the miracle the person works, but it's hinged on the word of God in his mouth. The word. Oh, some people say, but I don't. You don't have to believe it. This prophet from God's word. The quality of a man of God has everything to do with God's word. God's word. Hallelujah. God's word. He says, as I quoted the other time, the mouth of the priest shall keep 
knowledge. And the, Malachi, Malachi chapter 2 verse 7. And the people shall, shall seek the word of God from his mouth because he's a messenger of God. It's the mouth. He speak. He said, thou shalt speak and say. So the word of God is word. Word is it should be found in mouth. Well, this book of the law shall not depart, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, shall not depart out of thy mouth. The word of God, it says the word of faith which we preach, Romans chapter 10 verse 8. It says, what does it say? The word of faith which we preach, the word of, we preach it and the word, the word that is coming out of our preaching is the word of faith. The quality of a man of God has everything to do with the quality of the word of God in his mouth. And now listen to me. The authority of a man of God has everything to do with the authority behind the word he's speaking. So God only backs his word, Jeremiah 1, 12. He said, I watch over my word to perform. I hasten my word to, to perform it. His eyes are on his word. Speak the word. But thou, O man of God, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, it says that let the elders be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. They are on another level. If you labor in the word and doctrine, they are in another, you are in another level. And so, my brothers and sisters, we are all being called to be word people, word Christians. Word-based Christianity is what determines the quality and the purity and the authenticity of your Christianity. If whatever you are practicing, believing and pursuing can be, can be supported by scripture, please throw it away. Satan is using it against you. Forget about it. It doesn't matter how nice it feels and sounds. It's, it's not from God unless you can find it in Scripture. Praise God. They'll tell you, oh, but the Bible is old. That's that. Satan has always been speaking like that. Satan has always, oh, the Bible is uh, ancient. It's been written many years. How, how can I just be living my life? Yes, because you don't know God. You don't know. That's how Satan normally speaks. Satan is just has convinced you to mess you up. So the point here is that teachings teachings of Jezebel. And then the fourth type of teaching is, is the teaching, verse 24 of Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. Watch this. This is interesting and I'll move out of there quickly. He says, he says, but to the rest of you in Titera, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned the, uh, the uh, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan. So teachings of Balaam, teachings of the Nicolaitans, teachings of Jezebel and the deep things of Satan. These are different types of teachings. And so it, a time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but will turn their ears away from the truth. From the, they, actually, they actually turn their ears. And it can happen to you and I if we are not mindful. If we don't watch out, we have to watch out. Now, finally, as I mentioned, the yeast. Let me teach This will be an amazing thing. Teaching is... Uh, teachings is... Uh, depicted as yeast in the Bible. So look at this. Oh, in, 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 um, where should I even go? Okay, let's, let's just go quickly to um, first Galatians. I'm already here in Galatians. So Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. Watch this. It says this. Um, it says that a little living, living is the whole lamp. A little living, living. Living is yeast. You put in bread. For it to grow, for it to swell and become big. A little living. You don't need too much. A little. 
It doesn't have to be too many things. So just a little, just a little. Satan has always been a master of just introduce it a little and it will, it will leaven the whole bread. Now watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 5, verse 6 and uh, 7 and 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, 7 and 8. It says that, you, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a, live, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lamp? You are boasting, and there's someone who is sinning comfortably, and sin is growing in your church, and you are boasting our church is big. He said, don't you know? He said, your glory is nothing. Because the little leaven, so now, sometimes when leaven, yeast is used in the Bible, it means it's referring to sin. Other times when it's used in the Bible, it's also, but let me finish this. A, a little leaven leavens the whole, for even Christ, sorry, verse 7, but, but, uh, sorry, purge out therefore the old living that ye may be a new lamp as, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ is, uh, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old living, neither with the living of malice or wickedness, but watch this, but with the unleavened bread of what? Sincerity and truth. The word of truth is unleavened bread. Sincerity is on living bread. That makes me, that leads me to one of the points in, Rev, in Luke chapter 12, verse, verse 1. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says that in the meantime, when they were gathered together, an, in, uh, an innumerable multitude of people, to, uh, sorry, when they are gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people, in so much that they, uh, they trod on upon the throat one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. The Pharisees, their living is not living, uh, living, I-L-I-V, is leaven, 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 their yeast is hypocrisy. So when he said beware of the Pharisees, the yeast of the Pharisees, that means beware of their hypocrisy. So the Pharisees are professional hypocrites. They are astute hypocrites. They are hypocrites par excellence. <laughs> they are amazing hypocrites. They, they, they are good at it. That's what you do. So when he says you are being pharisaic, it means that you are a hypocrite. All right? So it says that they are living. And you remember what I just read in First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. It said, Less, not with a living bread, but with the unliving bread of sincerity. Hypocrisy is opposed to sincerity. Sincerity and truth. All right. So now, first of all, when we talk about living bread, living in the Bible, living stands for um, stands for sin. Also, living amongst God's people stands for hypocrisy. And then the third one, which is the most important thing. But before I read the third one, look at Exodus chapter thirteen, verse seven. Exodus chapter thirteen, verse seven says that unleavened bread shall shall unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days. Not bread that has living, bread that has not got living. Seven days, and there shall no be, there shall no living bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be living seen with thee in all thy quarters. Don't bring living around you. God said, the people of God must stay far from living, must stay far from yeast. People shouldn't be seen amongst you. And so yeast is dangerous amongst God's people. And we see that Jesus warned his disciples that beware of the living of the Pharisees. Matthew chapter 16, this is where I will be ending the message. And I, I need you to be a bit 
attentive here, brothers and sisters. Watch this. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And what did he say? He said, and they, and so, and they reasoned, um, that's the disciples, the disciples reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we have no bread? Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, faith, why reason ye amongst yourselves because ye have, bought, well, ye have brought no bread? Do you not understand, neither remember the five loaves of uh, five loaves of the 5,000, and how many baskets you took. We have five loaves, we fed 5,000. So bread is not the issue. When I said, be careful, verse, verse 6 again, and Jesus said unto them, take heed, beware of the living of the Pharisees. Beware, we have to be careful of the, not only Pharisees, Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then, so then he comes back to them and says that, verse 11. So after I told them that bread is not what I'm talking about, verse 11 says that, how is it that ye do not understand that I speak, uh, that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that ye may beware of the living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? He said, I'm not talking about bread. Oh. I'm not talking about bread. Well, watch the verse 12. This is a beautiful one. Then understood they how that he bade them not to be, he bade them not to beware of the living of bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Doctrine is living. Doctrine, teaching of the Pharisees. What did the Pharisees teach? Matthew chapter, this is who they were. In Matthew chapter um, 23, verse 13, it talks about for the hypocrites, the Pharisees. Verse 14, he said the Pharisees were hypocrites. Verse 15, he said, O Pharisees, ye hypocrites. Verse 23, he said, ye hypocrites. Pharisees, ye hypocrites. Verse 25, he said, ye hypocrites. Verse 27, he said, ye hypocrites. Verse 29, Pharisees, ye hypocrites. So because they are hypocritical, everything they operate in a system of hypocrisy. So they are saying one thing, but that's not what they believe and practice. They are saying it, they, what they are telling is not who they are and what they're for. So it's the, their teaching and philosophy is undergirded or is shrouded in hypocrisy. How about the Sadducees? The Sadducees in the book of, um, yeah, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter, um, chapter 23, verse 8. Acts chapter 23, verse 8. This is how he puts it. He says that, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees confess both. So the Sadducees, they don't believe in resurrection, angels or spirit. They don't believe in anything supernatural. All this prayer, prayer, it doesn't matter. All this power, power, it doesn't matter. That's the Sadducees talking. They don't believe in it. They are so liberals. They don't believe in any, they don't. And so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, can you imagine Pharisees teaching you? He's so liberal. He will teach you away from the truth of God's word, which is, the, if actually, the word in itself is supernatural in nature. And God is a supernatural God. He's a God of miracles and power. On the other hand, the, Sadducees, the Pharisees, they are hypocritical. They are teaching you, and when you expose yourself to their yeast, you become what God has not meant you to be. Now watch this. Matthew chapter 13, you will like this. So now, I've spoken about three things the yeast represents. One, sin. When the Bible talks about yeast among God's people, or leaven among God's people, leaven stands for yeast. A little leaven destroys the whole thing, the whole lamb. So leaven stands for sin. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 13, amazing scripture, verse 15 particularly, talking about how we should not be like Esau. You know, we have to be careful about behavior and the things we accommodate, lest we be like Esau selling our birthright. Behavior. It's important. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 
15, verse 33, he said, don't you know that evil communication, evil association, you, you open yourself to certain kind of company and he says that it will corrupt good manners. So it's like yeast, yeast, yeast infecting you. So one, the yeast amongst God's people means sin. Number two, yeast among God's people means hypocrisy. Number three, yeast among God's people means teachings, wrong teachings. Teachings that are infected, they may look okay, but it is not in, it's not sound, it's not wholesome teaching. So watch this. Matthew chapter 33 verse. Chapter 13 verse 33 says that another parable speak he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto living. You see, living, living has appeared here again. Living, which a woman, a woman has appeared here. A woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. What? This is interesting. He said the kingdom of God is like a woman, a living which a woman took and inserted the, the yeast in a lamb, the meal, the three, 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 he said, inserted it into three measures of meal. The meal really stands for Christ, who is our meal. He's our Passover, who we eat. He said, they put in, instead of keeping the word the way it is, this woman, who is this woman? Normally in the Bible, there are certain particular depiction of a particular, some particular women that's, that represent the people of God, uh, corporate people of God. One, Eve was representing God's people. Another, the, so the, the woman Eve, the second woman you can find that represents God's people is this woman I'm talking about. <laughs> it stands for the church. And the third woman I'm talking uh, in the Bible is when uh, Paul told the husband, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That her, that church, that bride is the woman. All right, the corporate woman. And then the fourth woman is in Revelation chapter 12. It says that wonder appeared in heaven, a woman who was crowned with stars, and the, she was shining, the clothed with the moon, and she gave birth, and there was a dragon who was waiting as soon as the child is born, as soon as any good thing, the quality Christians come out, or we begin, the church begins to produce them, the devil was ready to squash them. My Bible says that he, they were, they, as soon as the child was born, the heaven took, it's like rapture, raptured the strong part, the pure, pure part of the woman, the man-child into heaven, and then head hit the woman. God hit the woman. So that woman is talking about the church. It's, 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 a, it's a type of the church. And then we have the, that's the same woman as the harlot, the, the mystery harlot, uh, mystery Babylon. So in, in Revelation chapter 17, verse 3 and 4, that harlot is the same woman. Okay, so it's a woman. When, when I say the same woman, I mean the woman that represents a church, the church, okay? So the church is reflected in scriptures as a woman, a particular type of woman. And then finally, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 2, it says that I saw the bride adorned for her husband, the new Jerusalem coming down as a bride. So the new Jerusalem is a type of a woman. It's like a bride adorned for her husband in the verse 9, verse um Revelation 21 verse 9, it says that the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. In Revelation chapter 22 verse 17, it says that the spirit and the bride, the bride being the church, the spirit and the bride say, come. All right. So the bride in Revelation, which is the heavenly Jerusalem, is also depicted as a woman who is. So these five, Eve, the woman in Matthew chapter 13, 33, the woman 
in Ephesians chapter 5, that's the bride of Christ, and the woman in Revelation chapter 12, and the woman in Revelation chapter 21. All these women represent God's people. But this woman is like a church which has taken yeast and hidden the yeast. We have allowed some doctrine to come, and the Bible says that it pollutes the whole church. That's, let me read it again. Jesus said, another parable spake he unto, the, unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto, a li, uh, unto living, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was living. So what does that mean? We have to be very careful about the doctrines we are allowing, the teachings we are allowing our church to be exposed to or ourselves to be exposed to. And you know what? We should have a lot of deliberations. The church... Leaders must have deliberations around doctrine where so we can have the right doctrine. It's, it's doctrine. It's pure doctrine that is in accord with the glorious gospel of the blessed God. The doctrine that accords with the, uh, with the words of Jesus. The doctrine that accords with godliness. The doctrine that is in accordance with the acknowledgement of the truth. The doctrine that that makes the church become the pillar and the grounds of the truth. That doctrine is what is called the word of truth and the way that puts us in the way of truth, that word of truth. Now, and it is propagated or it is disseminated or it is communicated or it is revealed, it is transferred through teachings and preaching. So it's not only preaching from behind the pulpit, but that is the key one, however, Every Christian must have something to say about, uh, some wholesome words to say. So as I'm teaching these wholesome words, you are receiving the wholesome words. Don't take it raw. Just go back to the text. Check the scriptures, the things I'm referring to. Check them in the scriptures and apply your heart to them. Make sure what I'm saying is so in the scriptures. And then once you find out in the scriptures that this is what the scripture is saying within its context, I'm not saying that take it out of context because as I said the other time, it is very easy or not easy, but people, you can make the scripture say what you want it to say. There are a lot of people who are... I said they are exegeting. They are they exegete. They read into the scripture what the scripture is not saying. But we are supposed to read out of the scripture what it's saying. It's oh okay, this is what it means. This is what it means. But you can't do that if you don't, if you are not diligent in studies. That is why every Christian is mandatory and is incumbent on every Christian to have a very good relationship with your Bible. With your Bible. Every good Christian must have your own Bible. Have a Bible, own a Bible, and if you can, own different versions for your studies. And own them. If you if download them, why do you have a phone? You have WhatsApp and you don't have Bible on your phone. What? A Christian like you? Oh, no, come on. I won't commend you for that. You have WhatsApp on your phone. You have other apps on your phone, but you don't have Bible on your phone. Oh, you are not a serious Christian. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I encourage you, make sure you are a Bible addict, a Bible-believing Christian, a Bible uh, and, and wholesome word-speaking Christian, so that when you speak, it's not living. You don't speak living. You speak wholesome. You speak sound because the sound words of God are in your heart and you constantly keep feeding yourself over and over. I'm talking about the little living. Let's watch out for the little living. Let's watch out. Let's watch out against the little leaven. It might be little, but it can cause a lot of harm because it will leaven the whole lamb. 
Churches suffer. Churches die. Churches decline. Not because people don't attend. Churches decline. Not because there is not a pastor. Churches decline because there is not a teacher. Any church, any group of Christians who gather without making the word of God central, that gathering will not last. It is on its way out of history, out of existence. It is going because Satan will clear you. He will sweep you out. That will not be our testimony. I pray that God help us to stay strong in this word. Keep growing in the word. The Bible says that grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Growing in grace. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says that verse 13, until we all come to the stature of the fullness of Christ, to the knowledge of the stature and the stature of the fullness of Christ, to a perfect man. He gave apostles, pastors, he gave apostles, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some um, uh, evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So, so we all come to the unity of faith, to the fullness of the stature of the son, to the fullness of the stature of, the, of Christ. I think, permit me to read it. I, I hope you wouldn't mind if I read it. I just tend to like to quote, read it properly. It says that, so we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God and to the uh, uh, to a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. That is what the, the pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, apostles are given to equip the same. The word equipment is the Greek word is katatizo. That's where we get catechism from, which means to mend, to teach, to equip. Bible says all scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corruption, instruction, righteousness, verse 17, that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped, equipped. That word equipped is the same thing, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 4, for the equipping of the saints. So you'll be equipped. It takes the word of God to equip. Equip means to teach, to mend. And what I'm doing, I'm mending you. I'm teaching you. I'm, I'm, I'm issuing out the words, the words of truth, the word of truth to you. And I pray that God help us all grow in our knowledge of Christ and be solid in Christ and in the church and be so useful to God in the church and growing the church and making impact in the church and making impact in our world. I pray that grace will find and locate you in Jesus' mighty name. Remember, a little leaven leavens the whole lamp. A little leaven. Watch out for the little leaven and feed on wholesome ways. Don't turn your, way, your ears away from truth. Give yourself to the truth. And you will do well in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.